Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Veta Gatameva Samsara Navasetave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshvara, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha, Om. I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own essence your own beingness, your own isness, O Shiva. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. The self never dies. No matter where you find yourself, you are you. If you're at home, you are you. If you are driving, you are you. If you are visiting loved ones or friends, you are you. If you are working or if you are playing or if you are sleeping, you are you. Before you were born, you were you. After this body can no longer house you, you will still be you. The you that you are 
is what yoga calls self. Self with a capital S. Your own self is the one self that has always existed. You have never not existed. You existed before you were born. You will continue to exist after your body dies. You are that which exists. You are existence itself, beingness itself, isness itself. You are your own self. The self never dies. Death is not an ending. Well, it is an ending, but not an ending of being, only an ending for the body. It is the completion of karmas, the ending of limitation. The one ever-existent divine reality, Shiva, took on limitations to be you. Shiva is being you, even when you don't know your own Shivaness. When you die, you move through a doorway into the limitlessness of Shiva. How far will you go? Will you be able to expand into the limitless beingness of your own Shivaness? Well, it depends. It depends on who you think you are. You can only go as far as you think you can go. This is why it's so important to expand your current sense of who you are. While you live this life, doing what you do, with the people you do it with, where you do it, that's only part of the whole of you. There's more. The more is found inside. Yoga gives you tools to look inward, to expand inward, to expand into your own beingness, so you know while you are alive, who you really are, oh Shiva. And you still can live where you live, do what you do, and with the people you do it with, but you are Shiva being you. Baba said, the self never dies. The inner self, the true self, is ancient. It never changes. Death can never reach the inner self. When the body was born, the self entered the body. However, when the body dies, the self leaves the body. This is why we say they're gone. We know they merely left. They didn't cease to exist. They've simply gone on to their next step. This is why, from a yogi's perspective anyway, this is why Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. It's a very mystical statement, talking about God's house. Where is God's house? You want to go up there somewhere. Yes, that's true. Yet God's house is here as well. God is everywhere. 
beyond this world, all through this world, and inside you. Omnipresent. Some commentators on this Bible verse speak of the many mansions as being where we live now. Others describe it as where we will go after death. Yoga says, yes, both are true, and both are true at the same time. The all-pervasive divine reality pervades this place, this space, this realm of being, as well as other realms that you don't yet know. Yet you can know. As your meditations deepen, you explore the multidimensional reality of your own being, which pervades all of beingness. You find the universe within this physical realm, as well as subtler and more expansive dimensions. That's the whole point, that you expand inward into your own shivaness. Baba said, people are only afraid of death because they have no knowledge of death. If they know what death is, they will have no fear. Death and what comes after death is clearly described in many of the meditative traditions, all of which came from yoga. Famously, Tibetan Buddhism has the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It tells how to achieve liberation while you're dying or in the days right afterward. As fascinating as that can be, and as important as that can be, yoga's texts focus on you becoming liberated while you're still alive, not while you're dying. The Pratyabhinavridayam gives a detailed summary of the mystical process of liberation, explaining that where you get stuck in life is where you're likely to get stuck after death. Sutra 3 in the Pratyabhinavridayam says, consciousness becomes the multiplicity of the universe through reciprocal adaptation. Tananarupa graya grahaka bedat. Sutra 3 of the Pratyabhinavridayam. Consciousness becomes the multiplicity of the universe through reciprocal adaptation. The Kashmir Shaivite sages detailed very clearly for us the multiplicity of the universe, including different levels of manifestation. Think about it. If someone has passed away, or we could say they have left, where did they go? There are many mansions, or what yoga would call many dimensions of being. Different levels of beings exist in these different dimensions. Some are trapped in their desires. Some are trapped in emptiness. Some are halfway merged into consciousness, but aren't able to progress any further until they get a human birth again. Yes, heaven and hell exist, but yoga says you only go there for a defined period of time. It's not for all eternity. God is not cruel. If you did bad things, 
or even talked about or thought about doing bad things, you've got some heavy karmas and may have to go to hell to complete them. But when they're completed, you're released from hell. Then you get a new life in which to learn your lessons. Similarly, if you were a very good person, you may have earned time in heaven, but it's only until you've reaped the fruits of your beneficence. Then you get a new life in which to learn that there's more than merely being good or nice or helpful and more than mere heaven available to you. For heaven is only one of the mansions. For heaven is only one of the mansions. Who owns the mansions? The point is divine union with the one who is being you, yet you don't know the one that you are. So you have your work cut out for you. It's all inner work. It's called yoga, which is often translated as union. Shemaraja, the sage who wrote the Pratyabhidna Hridayam, gives us some details about the different realms of being in his commentary on Sutra 3. I'll do a short summary so you can get a sense of the inner dimensions you're still exploring. I'll describe them in three basic groupings, worldly, otherworldly, and mystical. Worldly, this is the beings and objects in the world, as well as your senses by which you perceive them, along with your mind, oh, which tends to obsess on them. This is the worldly level, with most actions and thoughts driven by need, greed, and fear. Otherworldly. This is where many people focus in the name of spirituality. They turn to the soul level, perhaps reaching to gods, angels, other celestial beings, maybe spirit guides, or looking for inner messages. They hope to transcend this world of pain, to transcend their body and mind, to get beyond it all. And what is beyond it all? They describe it as nothingness, emptiness, the void. This is the otherworldly level looking to escape this limited and limiting world. It's still often driven by need, greed, and fear. Like Buddha said, all this world is suffering. Mystical. This dimension is beyond fear because it's beyond the level of limited individuality. There's no need, no greed, no fear, only beingness and bliss. Uh, but there are variations on the theme. This is the mystical level. It is only at the worldly level that you can make spiritual progress. Funny, isn't it? You have to be in the world in order to progress spiritually. You need a human body and mind, which comes with free will. So you can choose whether you're going to pursue your senses or turn within and explore what you are made of. Having a body and a mind makes you a sakala. 
Sakalas, such beings with bodies and minds, are called sakalas. It includes human beings as well as animals, trees, and rocks. Each one is a being unto itself, yet Shiva in an individualized form. Each one of them is the whole of Shiva in a limited form. Amongst all the sakalas, those with bodies, only the human being has the capacity to know that they are Shiva. Yet all are Shiva, but in limited forms. They live on the worldly level of consciousness focused on objects and experiences, always looking for, what can I get? After leaving their body, they look for a way to return, to continue their focus on worldly experiences. This is called samsara, the cycle of birth and death, the creation of karma and the reaping of its fruits. Liberation is getting free from this cycle by knowing your own shivaness. Not just knowing shiva, but knowing and being shiva. This is Sakala, those with bodies, focused on the dimension of worldly experiences. Pralayakalas. I know it's quite a gorgeous word, isn't it? Pralayakala. Pralayakala. It's pralaya and kala put together, pralayakala. Those who have partially transcended the worldly plane are called pralayakalas. Various spiritual methodologies focus on this goal to transcend the body. They see this world as being unreal or an illusion, really nothing at all. After death, they transcend the world, but maya obscures their ability to see the greater reality, which is Shiva. There's a veil inside, hiding Shiva, and they get stuck at the veil. Though they've gotten beyond looking outward for their sense of individuality, and they've turned inward, they haven't expanded or merged into source. They don't know Shiva. They don't be Shiva. Not yet. They who meditate on nothingness, who see this universe as coming out of nothingness, will get stuck as a pralayakala. They merge into the void. But without perceiving that the void is made of Shiva. They can be stuck there for eons, depending on their karmas, before they emerge again to a human birth where they can do practices to uplift themselves and go higher. There's a great teaching story about this. Adi Shankaracharya traveled and taught in the 800s CE common era. Siddhartha Gautama had lived over a thousand years earlier, so Buddhism had been growing for a long time. Shankara debated the scholars, the ashram heads of the biggest Buddhist monasteries of the time. The stakes of the debate were high. The loser of the debate had to become a follower of the winner. Shankara won again and again, every time. 
How did he win? We know because he wrote about it. Regardless of the subjects covered in every debate, eventually they reached the point where the Buddhist teacher said, it's all mind, beyond mind is nothing, it's all void. Shankar would say, how do you know? And the Buddhist would say, I have experienced it. Shankar would then ask, who were you that you could experience the void? That means you exist even in the voids. So the void is not void. Huh? And the debate was over. Those who say the void is the ultimate reality will get stuck in it, pralayakala. Vinyanakala. Lots of A's in this word. <laughs> Vinyanakala. It comes from vinyana and kala. Vinyanakala. A vinyanakala has pierced the void. They abide in the subtle dimensions of formless reality. They abide in the beingless, bliss, and energy of Shiva's effulgent expressions in one of the five levels of formlessness. However, Avinyanakala is not fully merged. Being beyond individuality, even beyond the seeming void, they are unable to perform actions. They are stuck in pure awareness. They know Shiva, but they don't be Shiva. They are named at the different levels here, Mantra, Mantreshwara, and Mantra Maheshwara, meaning the great lord of the mantra. These names are all variations on the word mantra. So how important is the mantra? You use it to get to these levels and beyond these levels. But they've gotten stuck at one of these levels. They're aware, but they're not yet fully divine. They know Shiva, that's what vinyana means, but they don't be Shiva. Vinyanakala. There's one more level, the ultimate level, Shiva Pramata. Shiva Pramata means the one having experiences is being Shiva while having experiences, all of which are Shiva. I'll say that again. Shiva Pramata means that the one having experiences is being Shiva while having experiences, all of which are Shiva. The one who, while living, has merged into Shiva, transcends the other levels while still alive. They consist only of the light of consciousness. This is the goal. Jaidev Singh, in his translation of the Pratyabhidna Hridayam, describes it this way. The pilgrim goes back to his home. Veil after veil lifts, and he is now poised in the heart 
of reality. And he quoted the sage Abhinava Gupta, who was describing his own experience. He described his own experience as it is Shiva himself of unimpeded will and crystalline consciousness who is ever sparkling in my heart. It is his highest Shakti herself that is ever playing on the edge of my senses. The entire world gleams as the wondrous delight of pure eye consciousness. What does it mean? Abhinavagupta is saying he was a Shiva Pramata. He was being Shiva and seeing that all are Shiva as well. This is your essence, too. This is your goal, being Shiva and seeing Shiva. Being Shiva in a world of your own being and of your own making, you are liberated. Only one at this level is called a bestower of liberation. When you are a Shiva Pramata, you are Shiva, and you see that all are Shiva as well. Being Shiva in a world of your own being and your own making, you are liberated. Okay, you made it. Or maybe you merely made it through this morning with all the technical terms. <laughs> yes, it's a detailed description of the multidimensionality of your own being. And it describes where you will go after death or where you could go, depending on your focus and efforts while still alive. The good news is that death is nothing to fear. I'll return. I'll return to where I began. No matter where you find yourself, you are you. If you are at home, you are you. If you are driving, you are you. If you are visiting loved ones or friends, you are you. If you are working, or if you are playing, or if you are sleeping, you are you. Before you were born, you were you. After this body can no longer house you, you will still be you. The you that you are is what yoga calls self, self with a capital S. Your own self is the one self that has always existed. You have never not existed. You existed before you were born. You will continue to exist after your body dies. You are that which exists. You are existence itself. Beingness itself. Isness itself. Oh, Shiva. You are your own self. This is why Baba said, the self never dies. This is why we meditate on the self. 
where you can know right now, today, in this meditation, that your own self, your own essence is ancient. It never changes. Death cannot reach your own self. The self never dies. For this, we meditate on self, which is what we're going to do. And I'll teach you how. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhavan Namo Namaha.